G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, we do this on a Tuesday. Greg Bondar joining us. He's National Director of Christian Voice Australia, a national think tank and advocacy group for families, liberty and faith. Greg Bondar, a special welcome back to 2020. Oh, good morning, Neil. Delighted to be with you as usual. Hey, Greg, let's start with this new initiative that's coming out of Canberra. It's launched earlier this month, uh, Parliamentary Friends of Religious Schools and Faith Communities. What's happened? Yeah, this is an interesting initiative by a number of um, Christian school associations. You've got the Australian Association of Christian Schools. You've got the uh, Associated Christian Schools as well. And, and of course, Christian Schools Australia is well known. Now, they've come together and uh, in conjunction with Deborah O'Neill, the ALP Senator, and, of course, Liberal MP Julian Lesser, uh, who are co-chairs. What's happened is that this group has been formed to further the discussion on the importance of religious schools within our school education system. And, and, and really we're talking here of Anglican, Catholic, uh, Christian, Islamic, Lutheran, even Jewish schools. So the faith communities have come together, Neil, and it's so good to be able to have access to a political voice that considers Christian education or faith education a vital part of our um, society now. And as you say, Greg, there's a co-chair, one from each side. You've got an ALP senator in there and you've got a Liberal MP who are co-chairs of the group. So in some sense, uh, when the group comes together, they're discussing various initiatives. Uh, undoubtedly, that's good to be able to have both sides represented around the table. Hey, uh, when they did the launch... Uh, they were reflecting on the long history of faith communities and education in Australia and uh, reminded of some really firm foundations. Absolutely. If you look back at New South Wales in 1793, and I always use this example for people that talk about education and Christianity and what have you, I'd say to them, looking back in 1793, the, the, the first chaplain to the colony of New South Wales, of course, is Reverend Richard Johnson. I'm not sure if it's related to you at all, Neil. But <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, there's um, no relation. But uh, anyway, no, it's good to share the name. <laughs> but guess what? He's, he and his wife, Mary, began the first Christian school in Australia with over 200 students. So religious education, Christian education, really began at the time of the colony. So there's a real historical aspect that people need to consider. So uh, it's reassuring that, uh, you know, education, Christianity... Uh, it's a vital part of our education system here in Australia. And there's been a long commitment uh, to Christian education. In fact, uh, Greg, I'm not sure how your history is, but of course, uh, starting those initial schools, well, they come under the uh, the leadership of the first chaplain and they grew. And, and so Anglican schooling was really the only schooling for the first 20 years. And then there was Catholic schooling that began to get established. So all schooling in Australia was Christian in those early days. 
And so we've got a wonderful, deep heritage there that perhaps needs to be, you know, have to keep that in mind uh, to keep protecting what has already begun and to see it flourishing into the future. Hey, you've got a few details and figures there about the breakdown of who attends these Christian and religious schools. How does that look here in Australia at the moment? Yeah, that's a good question, because one of the things that I always get annoyed at is people say, oh, we don't want any Christian schools or religious schools. Well, guess what, Neil? In 2022, there were some 4 million students enrolled in around about 9,614 schools, actually. That's 2022. Now, guess what, Neil? Out of that figure, nearly half are educated by either a Catholic or independent or Anglican schools. So if, if the government were to say, no more religious schools, no more uh, faith schools, the government would not cope. And half of our children are being educated in, in, in faith or Catholic or Anglican schools. And that's really important that, you know, people respect that and understand the importance that the church is making to education in Australia. So, you know, I'm all for ensuring that they continue to provide that opportunity for Christian mums and dads. As I will often say in conversations, this is one of those areas uh, that you can be confident there are good things happening, that the Christian foundations in Australia are in a good place when we have so much Christian schooling, and it's a very, very high-growth sector too because people are wanting to get their kids into those Christian schools. So it's something to protect for the future, and with all of the attacks that are coming around Christian schools, we'll certainly be paying lots of attention to those as they come to light as well. Hey, let's talk uh, overseas for a few moments, Greg. Uh, the UK Parliament set to consider a bill severing the Church of England's ties to the government. Uh, what does that look like? Well, this is an another attack on the church, on Christianity. And, you know, they talk about separation of church and state. But as you know, historically, the Church of England, uh, you know, is, is the official uh, head of the of the uh, UK. In, in this regard, what someone is trying to do, and there's a bill going up on on uh, December the 6th, to say, look, we need to separate the church, the monarchy and government. Well, yes and no, because you've got to appreciate that, you know, uh, as, as, as you would well know, that uh, when Prince Charles was uh, a pledged commitment during his coronation, and uh, he did so by saying uh, he has a responsibility to the Church of England. And, you know, it's another attempt, and we'll see later when we come to this, uh, uh, the Teachers Federation of New South Wales, that what we've got here, you know, is just another attempt by atheist groups to try and sever any association with Christianity in terms of government or in terms of schooling or education. So this is a real worry, not because if that happens in the UK and gets passed, you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to come to Australia. But we've got to make sure that we support our UK our brothers and sisters in trying to avoid uh, this bill being passed. So I'll keep a close eye on it. And so those things that happen internationally and observing things that are being debated and being pushed in the UK, we might assume, as you say, they're on their way here too. And in some sense, um, you know, people want to see an end to our Judeo-Christian heritage. In fact, this weekend there's a conference on called uh, Secularism Australia Conference. Uh, they'd have that sort of idea too, uh, separating church and state. Uh, what are your thoughts for what's coming up this weekend? 
Oh, no, I'm, I'm absolutely ropeable. I mean, you can trust the New South Wales Teachers Federation to, to do anything but educate teachers, you know. Uh, they will get involved in all sorts of left-wing ideology. They'll get involved in anything at all apart from looking after the welfare of teachers, apart from looking after their professional development. But here we go on this, this weekend. They've got a Secularism Australia conference, for goodness sake, and they're saying... We want to make sure that Australia becomes secular and in actual fact, secularism is uh, historical. Well, Neil, hang on. Didn't they, they need to go back and do some history lessons because Australia was founded on its constitution on the Judeo-Christian, um, uh, you know, heritage. So, I mean, these people have got no idea, really. And if you look at the group of speakers they've got, they're all left-wing activists. So, you know, I mean, once again, is another attempt and in particular, another attempt to sever Christianity from any form of uh, impact on education, which is really sad. Well, you know, my own contribution there, and you know I wrote a book about this sort of thing yeah. just a, a year or two ago, and uh, it's about secularism and secularisation in Australia. Yeah. And, and you know what, if you're just boiling it all down, the only good thing that comes from their brand of secularism is pessimism and power struggles. That is mm. what comes from the brand of secularism they'll be talking about this weekend. You know, when we think of, uh, you know, the terminology secular, uh, that word, uh, well, it used to be a benign way of saying this is how we manage religious pluralism or those sort of different religious expressions. And there's lots of those in yeah. Australia, multicultural country people will talk about. But, but you know what? That has now morphed into its own religious expression and it's very atheistic inclined and it is militant against Christianity. So uh, look forward to those sorts of things that might come well, out of that conference this weekend. Well, the key point in that, Neil, is that the, the three main topics within that conference, are you ready for this? <laughs> yep. They are. The edu focus will be on religious education, instruction, national chaplaincy program, and funding to religious schools. So obviously, they are really attacking the, the Christian faith schools. They don't want religious education in schools. They don't want the chaplaincy program. They don't want religious schools to exist. The government or the system would not cope if those religious schools were done away with us of tomorrow, Neil. So good luck to them. I think Teachers Federation needs to go back to the, to the class and do some more homework. Pessimism and power struggles. Uh, that's the outcome of the sorts of things they're pushing. Hey, let's get a focus on New South Wales. Uh, this is your stamping ground. Uh, you've been following through all sorts of things. Voluntary assisted suicide. Uh, something comes into effect today uh, with laws that have been implemented in New South Wales. What are your thoughts about what's happened? Yeah, Neil, as you would know, you know, Christian Voice Australia has been very active in trying to make sure that the sanctity of life is preserved. Now, you know, you and I both know that New South Wales, as of today, will be the last state uh, to, to, to decriminalise the kill of the elderly, the vulnerable, and hence, you know, New South Wales is going to become, as of today, the next killing state, as we call it. What's happened, Neil, is that, you know, after, well, years of... Uh, continued lobbying by the left-wing anti-life group, I guess, if you want to put it that way. Uh, you know, the, the French has finally been 
uh, past, it's now becoming law as of today, which means now, Neil, that as of today, if you don't feel well or you or you think you're going to die or whatever it may be, you know, uh, you can now elect to voluntary assisted dying. In our words, it becomes voluntary assisted suicide. It's a sad day for New South Wales now. As you say, uh, we all become vulnerable if you have, um, you know, a bout of depression uh, or if you have an illness that may be treatable, but you might not feel good having that illness. And so you've got laws now at work in New South Wales, as they are in other states as well, uh, that put vulnerable people at risk because there are all sorts of things that, you know, like coercive uh, people, uh, whether it's the medical uh, fraternity or whether it's family members and uh, those sorts of, you know, issues around uh, what family might want to happen with their inheritance and hasten that a little. These sorts, yeah. of, these sorts of challenges are now, they've now come into being in New South Wales. Yeah. Now, the, the issue here is that, you know, uh, the, the pro euthanasia group are saying there are a lot of safeguards now let me tell you no amount of uh, uh, no amount of safeguards within the euthanasia legislation will prevent against abuse you know as we mentioned you've got the early inheritance inheritance syndrome you've got family that the family home you've got our uh, kids that are just waiting to inherit uh, as they become you know they might be the they might be the power of attorney but not only that neil where is the fact that, you, you know, we are limiting God's potential to kill people? If you're going to elect to kill yourself, which is suicide, I don't care what you call it, it's voluntary assisted suicide, you're limiting God's power to heal you, to bring you back to, to a normal life. I, I understand that pain does hurt, and I don't mean to be, you know, cynical about that, but look, all human life has an inherent value, and I'm, I am just so opposed to even Christians thinking that euthanasia is good. No, it's not. Let's put it in the hands of God. Let's put it into prayer. And let's make sure that we defend life as Christians. And Neil, I'm really sad for today, but uh, as I said to you, this is going to cause problems all around. And the only place, Greg, we find the essential value for our human life is in our understanding that human value comes from God himself. So if you're manoeuvring him out of society, as those secularists want to do, uh, and this is the sort of outcome that you get. And uh, so for listeners wondering, you know, how do we actually work out that we are essentially valuable? You have to come back to having a creator, and he's the one yeah. who gives us value. Um, well, well, I just have to tell you, Neil, today, and I, um, uh, it's a bit of a sad day for us as well because... Uh, my um, daughter-in-law just lost her baby, you know, yeah. and um, uh, my wife and I have had our tears, we've had our, uh, but, but again, here are people killing uh, human life where I'm just all about preserving it, so it's a sad day and it really hurts when you see a life that's been uh, taken away for whatever reason, it's, I mean, God knows, but again, it's not good, so, you know, I, I remain pro-life and uh, I just can keep praying that uh, all Christians will be likewise. So 
uh, it, it has real meaning for me today, this uh, particular bill. You know, the fact of our creation by Almighty God uh, in His image and that giving us that value, that is something that holds steady uh, through all of the storms that come. And uh, there are going to be sad stories and there are going to be difficult stories, but uh, we have a foundation for being able to hold on to the value of human life. And uh, Greg Bondo, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure every listener will join with their own uh, sadness and uh, perhaps even keep you in their prayers as you've just uh, shared that this morning. Uh, Greg is National Director of Christian Voice Australia. There is a christianvoiceaustralia.blog website christianvoiceaustralia.blog to connect with Greg Bondar. Uh, Christian Voice Australia, a national think tank and advocacy group for families, liberty and faith. Greg, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and insights with us once again today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and God bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 